with me to the 18th chapter and the 14th verse, just one verse of scripture, and leave your Bible open to Proverbs because we'll share close by there several other verses of scripture. Proverbs 18, verse 14. Solomon says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? But a wounded spirit, who can bear? The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. That's an interesting statement. I was visiting in West Penn Hospital just a week ago, and I walked into a special unit coronary care and saw Ruth Palmer, a lady who has had physical problems for a number of years, had undergone open heart surgery, and she had intravenous tubes that were going into several different parts of her body, and she had electrodes hooked up to monitors uh, registering her heartbeat, and she had a tube through her nostrils into her stomach, and she had a, another uh, tracheotomy tube there covering her windpipe so that would give her fresh, fresh oxygen. And because of this hole right here in the base of her throat, she was not able to speak. And I walked into the room, and as soon as she saw me, her eyes lit up, and she began to communicate with me by moving her lips. She wasn't able to speak, so she would move her lips very slowly. And we shared just for a couple minutes, and there were technicians and nurses that were attending to her while we were there, and she wasn't really thrilled with what they were having to do, and so she was making funny faces and giving me information about that person uh, that was taking care of her. And I said, Ruth, it's great to see that with all that you're going through, you haven't lost your sense of humor. And she looked up with a big grin and made me understand with her lips and my faith. And I thought of this verse of scripture that a, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities. If there is within us that healthy part of our personality, it will see us through all kinds of emotional and physical difficulties and trauma. Man is a tripartite being. He is body, soul, and spirit. And I'm so glad this morning that this Bible ministers to the whole person of each one of us. He knows what our needs are and has made provision ahead of time for all of those needs. I'm glad that the Lord is interested in my body. I'm glad that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm glad that we can call for the elders of the church and be anointed with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise them up. I'm glad for the ministry that he gives to my soul. The soul that sinneth, it shall die, being dead in trespasses and sins. But he has ministered graciously through his word to our heart. Hebrews 10.39 says, But we are not of them that are drawn back under perdition, but them that believe to the saving of our soul. And so I'm thankful this morning that that part of me 
has been regenerated and ministered to by the power of the Holy Spirit. The central part of an individual is his spirit, that God-like center of a man's life. God is spirit. And he said, let us make man in our image. And so that dimension of our being that is like God will sustain us through physical difficulties and circumstantial difficulties. The spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmities. But a wounded spirit, who can bear it? You see, you can have a, a very fine, healthy, physical specimen of a body, but if your spirit is crushed, there's no joy. There's no smile. There's no peace. There's no faith. If that part of you has been wounded or destroyed or infected, if that part of you is not healthy and whole, it doesn't matter what kind of a body it lives in, there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no fulfillment because those things come from the inside. God's Word directs attention to this dimension of my personality. In 1 Thessalonians, he says, in sanctification, I pray, God, that your whole, what does he start with? Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you be wholly sanctified, and he starts with the inside and works his way out. Now, contrary to some religious groups, and uh, some of which I was raised under, they felt that if you could get the outside straightened up, get it in the right kind of clothes, and get it to act just right on the outside, that was sanctification. That you were made holy by what you didn't wear, or what you didn't do, or how you looked on the outside. But let me tell you, friend, it starts with the spirit. And then the soul and the body, and it is something that works its way to the outside, but the Pharisees wore the right garments and had the right kind of borders, and they made long prayers, and they fasted, and they thought they achieved sanctification externally. But you do not receive sanctification externally, but internally that works its way out and manifests itself physically. I pray that your whole spirit, first of all, if that isn't sanctified, you can do what you like to the outside and be a Pharisee all your life. But if you'll start from the inside, it will work its way in evidence to the outside. The same scripture that says God looks on the heart says that man looks on the outward appearance. And so they're judging by appearance, so let's give them the right kind of appearance. But don't think you're sanctified by appearance. You're sanctified first in your spirit, then soul and body accordingly. There's an area of sowing and reaping, not just sanctification, but sowing that's important. In Galatians 6 it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Simply stated, it means that if all the seed that you have of time, energy, talent, activity is poured into this body, 
The end, the harvest time, is only corruption because this body is going back to the dust from which it came. It's going back to corruption. So if you pour all the seed of time, energy, talent, and activity into the body, it's going to go back to dust, to corruption, and that's all there is to it. But if you will sow to the Spirit, after the Spirit is separated from the body, you have eternal life. For that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Sow then to the Spirit. If you sow to the Spirit, you will all the Spirit reap life everlasting. He's not just talking about gross immorality or, or gross sin or misappropriation. He's saying if you pour everything into this body, you sow everything into the flesh, it's going to corrupt. The flesh is doomed and destined to corruption. But thank God if you sow to the Spirit, if you put time, energy, talent, and finance into the spiritual dimension of your life, it will reap everlasting life. You will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It's important that the church see what is of eternal value. Because the Bible says that which is seen is temporal, that which is not seen is eternal. So why do we have so much ministry on the things that are seen? And very little emphasis on the things that are not seen. I believe that the Bible directs attention to that real person that is housed in this body. You see, you don't know me by what you see on the outside because it's just simply the house that I dwell in. This tabernacle, Paul says, that I live in is getting weaker every day, but thank God on the inside there's a spiritual man that's growing stronger every day. And so, so much of what you hear and see is ministry on, on better clothes, better houses, better cars, better comforts, better food, better take care of this body because that's all there is. No thanks, friends. This body is going back to dust and corruption. I want to sow my seed to the Spirit because then I have it forever. Unto everlasting life. And I think the, the, uh, we don't want to create an imbalance in the other direction, but there is an important dimension of our spiritual life that is totally lost and neglected unless we see that with sanctification it's not a matter of externals and with sowing and reaping it has to do with the spirit more than with the body. And then with submission to, just let me give you the scripture, it's found in 1 Peter 3, 4. He says that we are to be or ornamenting ourselves with a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God, and isn't that what's more important than anything else, is of great price, of great, great value. And so it's what, how we dress the spirit that really God sees and counts of great value. So the Holy Spirit has directed our attention to the Word to deal today with this area of the Spirit. Not that He's not concerned about our body. He is. By His stripes we're healed. He's interested in the soul, the psyche, the welfare of our emotional life. He's interested in that. But of the Spirit too, He cares and has made provision for us. Three scriptures and three areas of, 
of need that are found in the book of Proverbs. And if you'll go back just to the, to the 15th chapter, we'll share these three things with you. The fourth verse. Proverbs 15. Am I getting a ring? Is there kind of a hum? I hear something. Uh, a little bit of a hum. Fifteen four. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach of the spirit. There is damage done, or there is blessing done by words we speak. A good word, fitly spoken, is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. And he's saying here to us that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. It gives life and blessing and strength and ministry and encouragement, but perverseness of speech breaks the spirit, cuts, lacerates the spirit. Now, if I walked in here this morning on crutches, I know you. I know what you'd say. Oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. What happened now? You would know there was a part of me that had been hurt and wounded and you would support me, you'd be opening doors for me, you'd be doing whatever you could to help me because you knew I was going to need some care until this thing heals. But what about the wounds of the Spirit? There are no crutches for those. There are no band-aids, no bandages. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows you're hurting. I could walk in here bleeding to death on the inside. You'd never see it. You'd never know it. Perverseness of speech, he says, is a breach of the Spirit. And there may be people that have walked into this room today, not on crutches, but spiritually need support. Need crutches. Because they've just been cut down. You see, there's a little ditty we used to say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Don't you believe that? I'd rather you hit me with a rock. Beat me with a stick. Because I'll, I'll be able to heal a whole lot easier. perverseness of the tongue is a breach to the spirit and people are cut and wounded and lacerated by the tongue of criticism and gossip and whatever and they're bleeding and they're wounding and they walk into the service walking wounded you never know it they're dressed very nicely they've gotten out of a nice car came from a nice home and they're sitting just as as nice as anyone else maybe in the pew right next to you and you don't know what's going on in their spirit. But I want you to know there's someone who is here this morning who does see. He doesn't judge by appearances, but he sees our heart. He knows what's going on, and he has ministry for our spirit when it's torn. 
Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to come to bind up the brokenhearted. And you can bank on it this morning. There is the great physician with all the gauze and the oil and bandages you need to bind up the broken heart and lacerated spirit that you have. We're concerned about child abuse and battered children and battered wives and so forth. And if they go and they're physically abused, teachers can see the wounds and the swelling and the bruises and something can be done. But if it's verbal abuse, that doesn't show. There are no scars. There's no swelling. But it's there probably does more lasting damage than had it been physical abuse. Maybe you've grown up with those open wounds. I want you to know something. Jesus is here this morning and he cares about that dimension of your life and he's able to minister healing to you when speech causes a breach in the spirit. Then verse 13 of the same chapter, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of the heart, or by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. By sorrow in the heart, the spirit is broken. Times of separation. Times of loss can cause a wounding of your spirit. And all people gather at the funeral home those three days and they extend their hand and their sympathy and they cook a meal and so forth and they do the very best they can to support you at that moment. But after the funeral is over, that's still not healed. By the sorrow of the heart, there the spirit is broken. One of two things can happen at that moment. That wound gets attention, is bound up and heals, or it gets infected. And many, many spirits get bitter and infected. And I don't care what kind of a body you have, if, if your spirit gets infected and bitter, there's no peace. There's no joy. There's no fulfillment. There's no satisfaction. That spirit's got to mend and heal. It's got to be cleansed, sutured, tended, and healed. Remember Naomi? the Bible famine was coming into the land of Bethlehem and she and her husband and two sons went down to Moab and for ten years they were there while there was famine in Israel during that time her husband and her two sons died Ruth her daughter-in-law went back with her eventually to Bethlehem and as they were coming into the city, all of her friends and relatives came out to meet her and said, Can this be Naomi? 
She didn't look like the same person that had left 10 years before. You know what her reaction was? Naomi means sweetness, beauty, lovely. She said, oh, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Myra. For I went away full, and the Lord hath brought me back empty. The Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Myra, for I'm bitter. I've lost my husband. I've lost my sons. What do I have to be happy or thankful about? What had happened? Naomi's spirit had been broken because of sorrow. Gotten infected. Circumstances can make us bitter or they can make us better depending on the eye that's included there. Not to diminish or de to, to deteriorate at all, detract from the pain that's involved with separation. That's as real as anything on earth can possibly be. But I can recommend someone who's just as real as the pain, and that's Jesus Christ who wants to be the comforter of God to your heart, to bind it up, to let it heal, to bring to you a mending of your spirit. By the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And the last one is found in chapter 17, verse 22. A merry heart doth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. God's interested in sanctification of our spirit. He's interested in sowing to the spirit. He's interested in submission of our spirit. He's interested when speech lacerates the spirit. He's interested when sorrow breaks our heart and when schism that's a New Testament word found in the book of Corinthians it means to cut to divide to split when separation when splitting comes there can be a wounding that goes deep into the spirit breaking that spirit divorce what a pain that is what grave pain there is when there's splitting when there's schism in the home lives that have been locked together in covenant or torn asunder there is a breaking on the inside in the spirit of that individual that can remain if untended and cause bitterness and anger and hostility and resentments to grow and to foster and continue. And it dries the bones. That's the last stage of death. A carcass will disintegrate until finally nothing but the bones are left and once they're left by themselves they dry. And that will continue to deteriorate in your spirit until there's nothing left but dry bones. Unless the Holy Spirit does something 
unless the Holy Spirit heals your inner spirit, which he's able to do. He's able to come and bind up the brokenhearted. He's able to minister healing and help to that part of us that nobody else sees and nobody else can touch but him because he's like that. God is spirit. We sing the song that was written by Eugene Bartlett and he said, I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again caused the blind to see and then I cried dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory oh victory in Jesus my Savior forever maybe that's the cry you need to make to the Lord this morning come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came brought to me the victory there, there are things I believe that are too personal for us to share with anybody, anyone else in this room, but he knows about them already. He's ordained the service for you. Say, Pastor, I can't forget it. I can't, I can't get away from it. What do I do with it? Take it to Jesus. Release it to him. Release it to him. Turn it over to Calvary. And say, Lord, I choose right now. I forgive them. Say, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Jesus did it for you. Just by an exercise of the will, say, I will right now. I will forgive them, and I release them right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, you'll bless them. Just pray the blessing of the Lord upon their hearts. Something will happen in your soul that will begin to cleanse out that wound and bring together those two sections that have been lacerated, sew them together, and there's healing by the Spirit of God. Forgive them. Release them. Bring it to Jesus. Let him do what you can't do. But if you have the will to do, he'll do for you he'll do in you and through you I don't know what has happened in your lifetime ancient history or yesterday but I do know one thing the Lord has laid this service on our heart and he had you in mind for today I believe that this bulletin was printed before we left for council Mark was scheduled to sing long before we knew the outcome but the Holy Spirit had just the right word for us this morning he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed baking bread hallelujah he's Jehovah Jireh the Lord has been there ahead of us he has it in his view father now I just pray the Holy Spirit would help us to move into what God has ordained for us for today Lord, I pray that there would be, in this moment, a work of divine grace that would bring and restore joy, usefulness, release. And Lord, in that dimension of us where the fruit is produced, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, those things that are, they're not manifestations of the flesh, 
of this body. They are products of your spirit in and through our spirit. And if our spirit isn't of top priority or if it's not healthy, we'll never be physically or emotionally what we can be. So Lord, I pray for healing this morning for wounded spirits, for battered believers who need to come and those who have been lacerated, those who have been torn. Lord, you said in your word, the spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmities, but a wounded spirit, who can bear that? Even a healthy body can't sustain and override and overcome that to live in joy and peace because those things are spiritual. I pray you'll help us right now to lean on Jesus.